right, I'm going to invite Savi, my beloved wife, to come and share a few words. In our life, we have had very tough times, on and off it would come, and the last two weeks would find its place there. It was a very hard time, as Pastor John said, Neil was very, very sick, and there was no remedy, no help, and uh, doctors even couldn't find the reason why it was happening. First, it started with very painful ulcers in his mouth, and a week later, the hiccups wouldn't stop. And we tried all the home remedies, but nothing happened, and the nights were the worst. We didn't know what to do, and my heart would break. There were times he would, you know, do like this. You know, there was nothing, nothing that we could do. We would pray, we would praise, we would declare the word, we would read the word, rebuke, nothing happened. Sometimes we just watch TV, just to keep our minds away from this. And then somebody suggested a procedure, which we went, we didn't even go to church, uh, the church that we lead, uh, that last Friday, we couldn't go because he was so weak. That he couldn't even read the word. He was just laid down. And then, some of you know uh, one of our spiritual sons, Kirby. He called and he made Neil aware of the spiritual things that are happening because he was not even able to preach, uh, pray or read the word. He was just... And that something happened. And there were many nights we would call all of our spiritual sons. John and Kelsey got so many calls like that. Because, you know, it was so desperate. We were so desperate. And um, last Friday I asked him, Saturday we had the meeting. And I asked him, do you want to cancel the meeting? He said no. Then I realized I have walked with this man for 39 years and I knew that he was taking a step of faith. And I backed him. So many seeing his condition advised him to cancel. But I knew no. So. Saturday, 5 o'clock, there are some who came uh, from here for that class. He still had the hiccups. And uh, I requested them to pray, and we had a very, very powerful time of prayer. He continued the meeting, the hiccups were still there. But the meeting stopped, and the hiccups stopped. <laughs>
I was reminded of Joshua. He had to take a step of faith to the flood waters. He had to put his foot and then it parted. And that's what happened to us. And it was a combination of all the prayers, the words that we received, the love, the care, yeah? And his act of faith that brought it. And another thing that happened was he has been preaching an amazing word that God has spoken and he has, it is finished. Yeah? And the enemy tried to shut him up. That's exactly what happened because he couldn't even speak. He didn't eat. He lived on water for one week, then liquids, a very little, and he was laid down. But the Lord came and set him free. Um, in Sri Lanka, people say that when the children they have hiccups, their heart is growing. And I believe in the spirit that is what happened. His heart is growing to receive more of God's love so that he can pour out, to receive more of his word that he can share. None will shut him up. I'll be sharing from different angles and aspects of the word. But once again, I want to celebrate with you God's goodness. And I want to thank Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey for all the others who upheld and especially last Saturday uh, some members of this church at the Bible study it was not a prayer that was crying out to God to save but it was a declaration that heaven must come. And it did come. Heaven came, glory filled the soul, and here I am. So thank you. Now this is going to be a difficult word. It's not a word that you'll usually hear. But I believe it's a word for every person who's come to a place of desperation. A place of loneliness. A place of death. I have faced death three times in the face. Once when, and all times through the tribulation, through the trials, once when I was almost like compelled to go commit suicide. 
And then the hand of God came on me. The second time was when I suffered a, a massive rise in the pressure, blood pressure. This was in Bangalore. And I was almost paralyzed. I walked to the restroom to try and overcome this because we were at a meeting and I'm one who doesn't like to disturb meetings. It was a leaders meeting. Unfortunately, the leaders wouldn't listen to me that I was going through pain. So I rose from there and went to the restroom and there I faced death in the face. And to make matters worse, when they finally listened and took me to a clinic, it was the only clinic that was available. It was a veterinary clinic. <laughs> so it was almost like I was brought down to the level of an animal. And the third time was in the last three weeks. Basically in the last week where I came to a place where I couldn't speak. I was so desperate that the only thing I could hear was give up. Just give up. There's no more purpose. Your voice is gone. You can't speak. Just give up. And it was at that time, it's like Psalm 139 that says, even when you're in Sheol, God is there. And this was the worst of it. Because this was a sickness that no one could understand. This was an infirmity that no one could understand. Not even the doctors. They did all the tests they could. And there was not one indication as to why this was happening. And finally everyone would end up by saying, just go to a neurologist. And that was the last thing I was going to do because I had been rewriting my mind. I had been rewriting my brain with the word of God. And so, and even if I went to a neurologist and I had to go through the MRI, I couldn't. Because there were constant hiccups and I would be shaking. So there's no point. The only power was the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the word that is written in the heart. I began to beat. There were times where in my mind, 
I would try to prophesy all myself, but I couldn't. You know, there was one of the greatest prophets that Jesus Christ recommended, commended. John the Baptist. He's the one who identified Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. He's the one who knew that he was the Messiah. He's the one who knew that he was not worthy before him to even untie the straps of his sandals. And yet there's a story in Matthew chapter 12 where John is in prison. He's about to face death. And he sends word through two disciples to Jesus. And these are the words he speaks. Go ask whether he's the Messiah. The man who identified the Messiah is now in doubt of the very person he identified. And he says, go ask, are you the Messiah or is there someone else we need to seek? And all Jesus did was, he didn't take him through prophecy. He didn't visit him at prison and do a Bible study. He didn't speak theology or he didn't remind John that, hey, listen, you're the guy who identified me. He didn't remind John that, listen, you read the scriptures and you know who I am. All he did was he told his disciples, go and say to John, the blind see. The deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. That's all he said. The gentleness of Jesus in the midst of, a, of adversity is sweet. And all Jesus was saying to John was, you know, later on he commends John as the greatest of all the prophets. Never has there ever been a prophet of his caliber. All that Jesus was trying to do, not condemn, not point out his mistakes, not finger point at his doubt, but gently remind him to finish well. To finish well. Your time has come. You've done what you have to do. Now finish well. And technically speaking, or 
whatever way you want to say. I've got about two more months before I go into what is called retirement. And so, God's word to me is finish well. Am I over? No. But I want you to re remain and finish well. And over and over again, I read this. I see Samson, 1 Kings chapter 16. A man you wouldn't even think is worthy of God's gentleness. A man who, in the sight of people, let God down, in spite of the fact that he had some tremendous, powerful encounters. And he messed up. He messed up. He messed up big time. And yet, at the end, he would say, remember me, Father. Remember me, God. And strengthen me. That even in my death, and it says that in, he killed more Philistines in his death than in his lifetime. And God gave him strength. Because God has a message for every person who takes a step forward to serve him. I will help you finish well. Amen. And that's why his name is in the, in, in Hebrews 11, yeah? A man of faith. He's known as a man of faith. You read his character, there's no faith there. It's something else. The other man was Elijah. 1 Kings 19. A man who had such a powerful encounter that he saw fire come down and destroy the prophets of Baal and have a glorious victory. In chapter 18, he is that powerful prophet. And it's pretty strange, right? Elijah and John. John was known to be the Elijah. But prior to that, you get the man Elijah. Powerful prophet of God. And the next moment after his victory, he is under a juniper tree contemplating suicide. Take me away. And the gentleness of God. Angels come and visit him. 
strengthens him, feeds him. And then he goes looking for God. Try to find him in the spectacular. No. Try to find him in that awesome manner in which he encountered God with fire over those prophets of Baal and the offerings. No. But in a still, small voice. God would come. Speak to him. And you know what? Would recommission him for three more acts. Because God wanted Elijah to finish well. And so he's given the opportunity to anoint three kings and a prophet. In Elijah. Again, you get the man who is considered righteous, Job. And this man goes through certain things that you and I would may not, even some of the thing that I went through was nothing compared to what Job went through. But he finished well. God gave him a double portion. Because before God, God's righteous people never fail. They may fear. Fear is real. The fear that I went through was real. I didn't allow it to come in and torment me. But it was a struggle. Because it's the opposite of belief. And yet God would come to Job. Now all these people. You know when you're going through. And I want to remind you of this. No matter how strong you are in faith. When you're going through. The dark night of the soul. Affliction. Pain. Three things happen to you. You can't see. You can't hear. You can't remember. Because this is the way in which the adversary comes. Because he wants to totally dislocate you. In that affliction. In that period of pain. But there was one thing that God. Just kept. Doing in me. Through his spirit. I couldn't see. I couldn't even hear God. As Savi said. I didn't even read the word. There was no strength in me. That morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock, was gone. I would get up lethargic. But there was one thing. He taught me to remember. 
he taught me to remember. And this is the verse of scripture that he brought to my memory. As he sent his words, Psalm 107 verse 20. And healed. This is the verse of scripture. And I'm reading to you from the Passion. Proverbs chapter 3. And he says this. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. I would add, neither others' opinions. <laughs> Trust in the Lord completely with all your heart. Rely on Him to guide you. And He will lead you in every decision you make. In the normal New King James Version, it says, in all your ways acknowledge him. First of all, trust in him. And trust in him with all your heart. When your understanding fails, and that's what happened to the disciples. They had one of the most powerful miracles take place twice. The feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. And yet they couldn't understand. And there is something that says there in Mark 8, it says they couldn't understand and Jesus says, what? You can't understand, you can't see, you can't remember. You can't hear. And it says you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That word lean means do not take support from what you know. Do not allow what you know to be your support. But trust in him with all your heart. Now I am fully aware of the mind. That's been my mainstay. I've been camping there. And doing a lot of studies on the brain. But God was saying to me. Remember this verse. And he began to remind me. Of the moments of trust we had in him. Even to come to this country, it began there. He took me way back to the history of us coming to this country. When we didn't even have a visa to come in. Not me, but Savi. And God would say, I'll provide. And that afternoon, an amazing miracle took place and he provided. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And this is what God began to do in me. He began to help me trust him. Because I, I, it was beyond me. You know, there's a verse of scripture in 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 it says that he will not allow you to go more than you can bear but you know i found that to be just very limited because i was going through more than i can bear and even when i was going through more than i can bear his spirit began to minister to me and remind me i'm going to read it to you in second corinthians chapter 1 it is very easy to tell people when they're going through trials and temptations and god will not allow you to go beyond what you can bear but with every temptation he gives you and i've quoted it with every temptation with every trial with every test he will give you the way out for he is faithful and then the spirit of god leads me here verse 8 second corinthians chapter 1 for we do not want you to be ignorant brethren and i don't want you to be ignorant of our trouble which came to us well here in dubai that we were burdened are you hearing this burdened beyond measure above strength so that we even despaired even to life yes we had the sentence of death in ourselves So there are times where you can go into a place where the temptation is even more than you can bear. And it is never ever good because this is one of the things that you know after I began to remember then I began to hear. And after I began to hear I began to see a little. I'm still seeing. But God began to speak to me and I began to hear and he says don't worry I am faithful I want you to complete well And even if you go through this process of the valley of the shadow of death even if you go beyond the measure of your temptation I am with you and i'm i'm speaking this out of my uh, my experience and i never want anyone neither will i do it define my theology by manipulating scripture i would allow scripture to define what i believe And so when I was going through this situation please hear this principle never allow your experience never allow your experience to defy God's impossibility God is able to do more than you can ask or imagine So never allow your experience and there are a lot of people who have who are going through experiences and they say and and I went through that 
to the point of saying, as you, as you saw Savi gesture with her hand, because I couldn't speak. It was almost like, that's it. I give up. But those words wouldn't come out. So never define God's ability and capability by what you go through. That is why it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. In all your ways. And the ways means ways. Whatever it is. Acknowledge him. Even if you're going shopping. He's the greatest shopper, you know that? He bought you and me. He was willing to invest in you and me. That's why when I go shopping, I don't look at the label. Because he's the greatest shopper. And if I want something, okay, Lord, what is it? And sometimes he will point to the things that are beyond my imagination. But you know, I may not be able to buy it, but I've received it. When you lean not to your own, the, the word lean, as I told you, is don't take support. Don't bend for your support. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? It comes from the law. The hills may be powerful. They're only reminders. For as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord encamp around his people. Remember. And as this began to manifest in me, as I began to trust in him and lean not to my own understanding, something got broke. You know, the one thing that God would tell Israel is, when you go into that land, remember. Remember who brought you. Remember, don't forget. And I began to remember. And I began to bless him. And in my mind I suddenly rose. Because from the heart, from the spirit. There rose in me. And you know my prayers were. I, believe me I came to a point. I, I, I'm not changing my theology on the ascended being. Nothing that I share today changes my theology. What I share today changes my psychology of his word. Because God's word is not just theology, it is psychology as well. But I needed the psychology to understand his theology. And so my mind began to rise up. And before I knew it, I could see my now, the sight is coming. I could see myself speaking these words. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. I couldn't speak, you know. I couldn't speak. But my mind now is speaking on my behalf. My spirit is now rising up. My spirit is speaking. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Keep them before you in your heart. For it is health to all your flesh and bones. And so on and so forth. The word suddenly started to spring up. And all that I had forgotten. All that I couldn't bring myself to speak. Suddenly the mind began to operate. He makes all grace abound in me. That I have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work. Because he is able to do incredibly more than I can ask or imagine. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Suddenly the words coming alive. The words taken over now. It's no longer me. For the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Suddenly it came alive. I want you to know something. Revelation is nothing compared to mystery. Mystery is the bed from which revelation arises. And if you take mystery away, I still don't understand what happened to me. Neither does Savi. But the way they served was unbelievable. The way all of you, the way the church rallied around. You know, Psalm 16 is one of my favorites, right? He will show me the path of life. And he was beginning to show but I've got to trust his word. I've got to allow his word now. What does it mean to, to live by his word? What does it mean to be like a tree planted by the waters, bearing fruit? Here, this tree is withered, but its roots are deep down. And from the roots are coming a voice that's speaking and saying, rise. And I would see myself like, what's his name, um, Ezekiel. I'm speaking to dry bones. I'm not praying. There came a point where I would just simply say, Lord, my authority is gone. Please. Speak to the storm. I know that I've got to speak to the storm, but I, I'm just not there. Lord, please speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. But then God has called us into co-partnership. Yeah. God has called us into a place of co-laboring. Yeah. And it happens when we lean not to our own understanding, yeah. but in all our ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is the word yada. 
And the best definition I can give is where it says in Genesis that Adam knew his wife and she conceived a son. The word yada means one of intimacy and interconnection. Acknowledge him does not mean like me looking at, hi, how are you doing, Nigel? And I acknowledge his presence. How are you doing, Chris? I acknowledge his presence. Oh, wonderful chain. Acknowledging. I can acknowledge. But that's not the acknowledge here. Acknowledge means to be involved. Even if you're in pain. You're involved with him. Even if you're unable to speak, you're involved with him. That's how intimate you're with him. And that intimacy will give birth. As Eve conceived and brought forth a child. But the secret is to remember. Remember and persuade yourself. The power of persuasion. You've got to constantly persuade yourself. I had to persuade myself that this has stopped, not will stop. I had to persuade myself. If you read about Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 19, it says he convinced himself. He was convinced that God was able to raise Isaac. That word convince is the same word that is used in Hebrews chapter 4 where it says that he was convinced even though his body dead. And he began to persuade himself. Now he had some fantastic props to persuade. He had the stars. He had the sand. I had nothing. I had the sickness. But I've got to stop my own understanding. And I've got to persuade the power of persuasion. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. All your ways. As I said, even if you're going shopping, acknowledge him. Walk with him intimately. And then it says, he will direct your paths. The word direct there does not only mean guide. It doesn't only mean make the crooked straight. It says, he will make the rough smooth. He will make the rough smooth. He will bring the peace into your life when you're in turmoil. Are you understanding me? But you've got to persuade. You've got to prevail. Paul would say, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything can ever separate me from the love of God. Beloved, it's one thing to worship God when you're on a high. Today the, the worship was absolutely awesome. 
and it's very easy to get in there and you know enter that domain and realm but when you're down there in the belly of the whale when you're down there in sheol when you're down there in death row you've got to persuade yourself with the high praises of god in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand i will bind are you with me bless the lord o oh my soul and all that is within me for he has forgiven me all my sins that's something else that comes in you know that when you're going through this you begin to think have i committed a sin have i committed an error and oh you ask that question you'll get 100 answers forget not all his benefits who has forgiven you all your sin and healed you of all your diseases what the money is this what is this every every second and it was not every 5 minutes every second i come a hiccup and this belly of mine would tremble the pain but yet you got to trust in the lord lean not to your own understanding all your ways acknowledge him he will direct your path for in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures now this is very nice when you're in this uzi guzi jacuzzi but when you're burning when you're burning in the midst of affliction the sweetest worship comes forth the sweetest worship would come forth and suddenly now i would see myself prophesying i would see myself walking the streets as i used to do see myself walking the streets and saying this city is blessed this city is prosperous this city will never go through recession this city is godly this these roads will be accident free roads and i'll keep on prophesying and i'll keep on speaking are you with me and i'm even saying it to you now this church will rise just remember and i'm not saying just rise as in you know because you're rising but when i say rise you will go beyond so get ready to expand your tent stretch your loins rise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord will be seen not in you only but upon you are you with me and as this began to take place and this is all inside me right and that's why i was able to tell sabi no i'm going ahead with the saturday evening 
because it didn't matter to me whether I could speak or couldn't speak. And as someone told me that my, my lips were gray and my face was pale. But by the time it was all over, not once did I have a hiccup. And from that point of time, You know, you may think a hiccup is okay, but not when it's every second. And it's not when it's every second, 24-7, and even in the nights. There was a time that I had to sedate myself because I couldn't sleep and I was disturbing my sweet wife and Shalomi who would keep track of everything that was going on. But you know what? He will direct your path. He will direct your path. He will smooth your path. Not only that, go on further. It says here, as you, I'm going back to the New King James Version. It says that as you do this, something's going to happen. As you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him and he will bring it to pass. Then it says, do not. He will direct your path. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. You know, there is something about Christians who get, who get a hold of truth and they warp it. Fear the Lord, and fearing the Lord is one of them. Because in the new covenant, there is no, the word fear is not there many times. That's what they think. And, and because of the misinterpretation, as I said, we try to interpret scripture. We try to define our theology out of one verse. But if you see, the fear of the Lord is for two reasons. One is to take you away from him. The other is to draw near to him. And so in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 17, it does say something there, right? It says, fear the Lord. Honor the king, fear the Lord. And uh, as far as I know, 1 Peter is in the new covenant. 1 Peter is in the New Testament. And it says, fear the Lord. This fear, beloved, is not a fear to come to him with trembling. It's a fear of reverence where you draw to him. I remember with our children, not once did they fear me as in, Oh, we are not going near him. I can't ever remember disciplining our children with anger. I would always tell them if I need to discipline them, go to the room and wait till I come. 
That's not to put fear into them. That's for me to cool down. And I would never give them a whack. I would not spare the rod. And to me, the rod was a, a thin little stick or a ladle, the worst part. But the ladle, I wouldn't use the handle. I would use the nice, yeah, the nice part. But what was sweet about this disciplining? Because disciplining, as we'll come to it, is not what you do to a child. It is what you do for a child. And when it's over, they still come to me and they'll get their hug. They may even get an ice cream. And that's sweet. And that's why they still love us. And that's why they still care for us. Because they know that they were taught to fear in the right way. And then it says here, fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Depart from evil. What does it mean to depart from evil? The word evil means bad report or bad ways. So I would never ever allow anyone, you know, when the doctor says, well, don't, you know, he would touch wood and all like that. The last time we went to him, he said, uh, yeah, I also hope. No. Depart from evil means do not allow that which is contrary to the word of God. Keep the word in you. Keep it there. Don't listen to the evil report. Only allow that which is the word. And then it says there, it will be health to your flesh. And strength to your bones. Are you with me? I can go on in an exegesis of this word. And an exposition. But I just want to bring you there. But for you to do that. You got to persuade yourself. You got to speak to yourself. You got to. Look into your heart because sometimes when you look at your face during these periods, it doesn't help. I didn't even see whether my lips were pale or gray or black. But I had to look into the heart and I had to persuade myself. I had to keep saying, your word is true. In you is life. And your life is the light of men. And if it's the light of men, then it's the light of my life. And even as your life is in me, I would take that and I would say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I had to persuade myself that I will not die. Today we celebrate. Today it's all smiles. Today you're hearing a very strong voice. But those who came and saw me would know 
there was no voice. Because every time the voice tried to rise, as Savi said, that it was silenced. Hello? It was silenced. And so I had to keep this word in my heart. I had to bind it around me. I had to speak it in my mind, in my spirit, and then allow it to rise up until like a, you know, you, you talk about these, it's very easy to say out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. <laughs> out of my belly was flowing hiccups. <laughs> there was no water there. I, I was drinking water and passing water. So much so that as I was passing water, I had even passed out the salts that are in me. So I had a low sodium thing. Now I can't drink water. So where, where is this belly full of water? For out of my belly was not flowing water. Forget about rivers. I didn't even have a cup. But you know what? I had to persuade myself that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my feet. Psalm 119 verse 25 says, My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I had to speak these words. Psalm 119 verse 130 says that at the entrance of your word gives light, making wise the simple. And I had to come to that place of being simple. Because pride had stepped in. You know the pride I had? When people get sick, secretly, I didn't know this till it was shown to me. Secretly, I would say, well, I'm not sick. I'm strong. Well, now I had to say, let the weak say that they're strong. I'm asking the Lord, take it, take it, take it. Now I'm coming to the place of saying, like Paul, three times. And all he says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Because it was only grace and grace alone that raised me up and empowered me. That I'm no longer a slave to fear. I cry, Abba, Father. And I can go on, but I want you to remember this. When Jesus sent that word to John, he said, don't let your memory be clouded by your experience. Finish well. Finish well. Remember the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Go tell John that. And then in verse 8 of Matthew 12, he says, Blessed are those who do not get offended because of me. Y'all were talking a lot about offense today. <laughs> blessed are those. Blessed, makarios. That means uh, in a perpetual state of happiness. Wow. 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 Oh, yeah. 
You may not believe it. I found it difficult to believe it. But the fact is, the truth is bigger than the fact. The truth is greater than the fact. The fact is, I'm in a hiccup. But the truth is, I'm healed. Are you with me? Are you understanding this? So today my word is for those who are in this place of disappointment, who have begun and they were going on this full steam ahead and suddenly someone, it's like Paul saying, who cut a cranes? Who cut across your pathway? You were doing so well. You were running so well. Speaking to the Galatians. He said, who cut against? You know why? When you keep your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith, you will run that race. You will persuade yourself. I am persuaded today more than any other day that neither sickness or even health this, this afternoon when Pastor John was calling us to lay down, I laid down my preaching. Something that I love. And this is the first time I'm preaching after about a month. At that time, I did say to the Lord, I lay down. If you just want me in this state for the rest of my life, here I am, Lord. Because you see, God has not called us into ministry. God has called us into himself. And in him we live and move and have our being. For our life is hid with Christ in God. Are you with me? So even if there is not another week for me to preach, I'm more than content. Because I'm in him. My identity is in not what I do. My identity is in who I am in him. I've got to remind myself. I've got to persuade myself. Are you with me? Just before all this happened, I was, Savi and I were blessed with a tremendous gift of money. And then, bang! Are you with me? Because I have said to the Lord, and Savi and I have said to the Lord, that we will honor you with our possessions. Now the word honor is not about giving. The word honor is what we do with what we receive. And I want you to know, and you've got to trust me on this, that we honor the Lord, which means that we steward it right. That what we receive is not to buy a Lamborghini, or a bigger house. What we receive is made based on 2 Corinthians 9.8. That he has made all grace abound in us. That we have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work. Isn't it amazing? People say, you know, when you have possessions and you're not using it, that's the most selfish person on earth. And God gives you possessions. God gives us possessions, not for us. 
It's like this person who is praying. He sees a need of a family of five in poverty. And he's praying for a wealthy person to come and help that family. How about praying and saying, God, make me wealthy that I can bless that family. This is why I want a million dollars a year. Because there are so many people in debt in this country. And we want to release them from this debt. I can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. But what is the point if I don't have in my hand the amount to give the man in debt? It is not my responsibility to pray for someone else to be a blessing. It is my responsibility to take what God has given me and become a blessing. So when you come with your giving and you honor God, the first fruit is yes. And it's the first fruit, not the last. Not the second. You know the problem between Cain and Abel? Now we all say that Cain's offering was because it was fruit. And there's nothing wrong. Those days it was not about lamb. It was about fruit. When you read the Hebrew it says. He brought. The third offering. Of the land. Not the first. Our problem is that. If we have we will give. Our problem is. We give. Because we want a need met. We have never come to a place where we will honor the Lord with our possessions. It's like the Jew who took that, all his money, threw it up and he said, Lord, whatever you keep is yours. Are you with me? So beloved, remember this. Where Savi and I are concerned. We are not in a 10% situation. We actually want to live out of 10% and give our 90%. And for that I've got to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I can't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways I've got to acknowledge him. And he will direct my path. I can't be stupid in my spending. I can be lavish. But not on myself. I can be lavish that someone else can enjoy the riches that God has blessed me with. And then in Deuteronomy it says very clearly that he will give you power to make wealth. He will give a capacity Beloved, when Jesus said, you shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit, that was not merely for miracles. That was for capacity. That was for endurance. He will give you endurance that when you're going through times that are squeezing you, you know the best time that you know what is in you is when you're squeezed. Put a Put water in a sponge and squeeze it, what comes out? Put ink in a sponge and squeeze it, what comes out? 
what goes in comes out. And at the time of being squeezed, I'm not praying that any one of you should be squeezed. I'm not praying that any one of you should go through Garden of Gethsemane. He's done it all. I want to encourage you to endure. Because there's too much of a selfish me, my mind culture. I want it yesterday. Now yes, the word of God says that if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you want and you shall have it. But before he says that in verse 3 of John 15, he says, you're already clean. That means you're being pruned. The word clean is you're cut. And today, there is a cutting he wants to do. There's a cleaning he wants to do. There is a call that he has for you. And that is finish well. Marriages are broken for what reason? Because they can't finish well. Relationships are broken for what reason? They can't finish well. People leave churches for what, what reason? They can't finish well. They need someone else to be their will. Finish well. Are you with me? The greatest cry is, it is finished. And he finished well. So today the call goes out. The call goes out. If you're lacking in endurance, he's saying, I'll give it to you. If you're lacking in endurance, he's saying, I'll give it to you. Today the call goes out because he wants a mature group, a mature church who will endure. Amen. Who will come to a place of being faithful. And so the call goes out. And maybe you are in this place of being dislocated. Or maybe you're not and I, 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 I trust you're not. But if you are, then here's your chance to say, Lord, I live by your word. I want to finish well. Whatever you have begun in me, I want to finish well. I want to finish well in my company. I want to be the last to being asked to leave. I want to finish well. Are you with me? Are you understanding? So beloved, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. For when you're weak, then you're strong. Come to that place. Right now. Come to that place. And it's like when Savi and I used to go. You know, there was something about our children. That we would go for all their activities. And I remember when Tanika was playing netball. Or no, basketball. And Danika was running. I would rise up and say, yeah! And I was the only father. <laughs> That's my girl! And today God is saying to you, that's my boy. That's my girl. So no matter what you're going through, 
he's saying, you're my girl. You're my boy. Finish well. Do what I began in you. I will help you complete. <laughs>